This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Story Smack. Hey, junkies. This is A Real Girl, the director of Doom herself, here in the underground bunker of Doom while we wait out the coronavirus uh, shelter in place. I'm here with Scott Sigler. How are you, Scott Sigler? I'm shockingly good. This is the best (laughs) apocalypse I have ever, ever been through. It's... uh, (laughs) Get to hang out with you a lot in <laughs> the dogs and you're going to have a lot fun. of work done, which is great. Yep. Um, we are here coming to you with another story smack. This is our podcast where we talk about stories and storytellers in the world of pop culture because of the coronavirus shelter in place order that's in California. We haven't been out of the house for six weeks or so, except to walk the dogs and maybe go to the grocery store now and then. And we realized that you guys are also doing the same thing. I mean, you're smart, you're intelligent. That's why you listen to us. That's right. And so you guys are sheltering in place if you're non-essential, doing the best you can. And to that end, we're going to try and do a few more story smacks. And um, they may be a little more rough and tumble because we're just trying to put something to entertain you at the end of the day after you've either worked all day because you're essential or taught your kids and tried to work from home and all that other stuff. So it's a little rough and tumble, but we're going to do that. We are here today to talk. It's our 50th, no, our 51st story smack. And we're going to talk about a movie that we, that's called The Platform. And it came out in 2019. Yeah. But first... We're going to tell you why we watched the this movie. things we do for you people. Uh, real quick, um, we're going to talk about this movie, and it's going to get heated, you guys. It's going to get heated. But we are now doing a thing on Facebook Live called Sigler in Place on days that start with a T. And part, uh, what we're doing is yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific time. We jump online, do Facebook Live, expect you guys Come show up, hang out. It's all fun. It's all silly. It's politics free. We do tout the science a little bit, but we don't get into too much. It's all fun stuff. One of the fun things we do is showing Sigl artifacts, which are things from the Hall of Fame that fans have given us over the years. One of the other things we do is called the Wheels of Death. Oh, the Wheels of Death. The Wheels of Death are a way for us to pick a decade and then a genre at random with actual clicking wheels of death. Yeah. Uh, they're digital. Like the prices, right? They're like, the, they're like yeah. the prices or the, uh, not the prices, right? Yeah. The price, right? Wheel. Yeah. What's yeah, the yeah. other one with uh, the I letters? Forget. Vanna White, Pat Sajak. Uh, oh yeah. The, uh, wheel of fortune. Uh, wheel of fortune. Yeah. So we, we, and then the goal is during the live shows, usually on Tuesday, we, with people chatting, there's a lot of, we get like a hundred people plus showing up and your favorite junkies are in there chatting. Uh, they help us pick a movie that is free on Netflix. Of course, Netflix is not free. And if you don't have Netflix, you can go find these movies somewhere else. But the vast majority of the, a lot of people who stream have Netflix. So we're trying to keep everybody's cost down, not make you go buy a $20 movie to hang out with yeah. us. So on Tuesdays, we would do the Wheel of Death. We'll show a Sigl artifact and we answer a couple of questions that you can mail in to info at empty set. Um, and we have a couple sponsors that are, are, are things that we'd like to highlight necessarily because everybody's sort of having a little bit depressed economic times now. So they may or may not actually be sponsors, but it may be fun, but we do that. And we let you know what's happening on Thursday. Thursdays 
are a little bit different. We've had a handful of requests for Scott to read some of his stories, things like that. So we'll tell you on Tuesday what's going to happen on Thursdays, but Thursday is probably going to be some of Scott's music, certainly some of Scott's stories, and um, potentially some of the stories behind the stories. The way that Nocturnal came out started with a little germ of an idea in Scott's mind years ago. So we might talk about those things. So as Scott said, um, really sort of fun, lighthearted. You can show up if you want. I know a lot of people, we've gotten a a ton, 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 ton of messages saying, thank you so much because, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, uh, it's been a big day. Yeah. Um, So come join us on Tuesday or Thursday on Facebook Live. We are going to work for other platforms. Another reason we chose Netflix for the Wheels of Death is because if you guys want to organize your own junkie watch parties, you can do that. You can do that. We are not yet ready to do that. Scott is still under a couple of deadlines. So we are not going to do that yet, but we're going to think about that once some of the deadlines are knocked out and some of the uh, new world order plans that we have. Now we have to figure out how to print books, stuff like that. We'll probably do that if the lockdown continues a whole lot longer. But uh, in the meantime, we are going to talk about the platform. Well, the wheels of death have given us two movies so far. The first one was 2012, oh, the disaster Lord. movie. Oh Lord. And the second one is a movie called The Platform. Yeah. So the wheels of death have actually turned out to be Produce movies full of death and have also ground our souls into into a a coarse powder, if you will. (laughs) So much so that to that end, it is the midday uh, right now. It is the middle of the day right now. Scott and I have both been working all morning and we are drinking cranberry ginger spritzers because to talk about this movie, going to need a little bit of help. (laughs) <laughs> Gonna need a little bit of lubrication. I'm actually going to take a little picture of myself here real quick and, and I will put it up. Oh, good. I would love it if you guys attend the Facebook live events on Tuesdays and Thursdays and help us p- pick a fun movie every once in a while. It's super fun to talk about a terrible movie. I will give you that. And especially probably to hear us talk about terrible movies you make us watch. <laughs> but I would totally take a fun, good movie, too. Um, anyhow, we are going to talk about the platform and the platform came out in 2019. Um, when I first looked it up right before we watched it, I had thought it came out in March of 2020, but it turns out it was a year ago and, um, it is, here's the, would you like, would you like me to read the ludicrous, um, Movie, movie, uh, trailer guy story. You rip rip for a second. Let me call it up and I'll read it. Yeah, it's on on IMDb. Yeah, it is on IMDb. And, um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a big movie buff and, and Scott's a really big movie buff and we have different types of favorite movies. Okay. And this one is neither one of ours. The only one I, the only ones that, the only ones I see in IMDb are written by fans. Is there an official Mm -hmm. one? Yeah, I can show it to you. Okay. Uh, give me one sec, you guys. Or you can text it to me. Uh, and I'll give you the... Here we go. A vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, only one food platform, and two minutes per day to feed from up to down. An endless nightmare trapped in the hole. That's it. That's dump, it. Dump, so dump, the platform is the food thing that lowers. It's a movie about hunger. It's a movie about... Of course, and it's it's very, 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 very preachy movie. It's telling us all the things we're doing wrong as a culture and a society, many of which you may agree with, but it was just oh. getting hit over the head with a slightly decomposing salmon over and over again. 
Yeah. Well, and the bigger thing was while it was super duper preachy, um, which I think is the point of an existential movie like that. It, it's very severe and it's really literally a, uh, I don't know, 500 story tall building or something. Well, a uh, spoiler. Can you give the spoiler? Alert? Oh yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. In case you guys uh, need it for this movie, this is your spoiler alert. If you would like to go in without our comments about it, now is your chance. I will also tell you that on Story Smack, we talk freely about every movie uh, and every book Scott's written and everything else. So if you hear us start to talk about, say, the Alive trilogy um, and you haven't read that and you don't want to be spoiled, just skip ahead 30 seconds or so because yeah. we're we're going to talk plainly about all of That's that. That's very good. Uh, ma'am, there was, now that the spoiler alert is done, there were 333 levels. Are we sure, sure though? Because I remember that that's where they got off, but I figured that was halfway to hell and they just weren't done building. You know, I don't, I honestly don't remember. Because I'm really glad that they didn't go all the way into hell because 333 was bad enough. Oh, I I think I have it figured out. Okay. It's 333 because you go down 333 levels and when you come back up, you, the platform is traversed. 666 levels, counting a zero level, counting a zero level. Yeah, which is sort of a Dante's Hell kind of reference, which is super highfalutin for this movie. So I'm not even sure they would have thought of that. I almost, I bet they did. I bet that's what they were going for. That's why. But they never mention it. They never mention it. It was so, I was so furious because I'm like, cool, 333. And you know, we have, you have a junkie, uh, Callie, who chose, uh, who is a petite human being Mm -hmm. who got a jersey with the number 333 because she was sort of half, half evil. You know, and so I actually thought of that. that. Yeah, I thought of that when they get to that, when they get to that level, which they, um, one of the, our protagonists kind of calculated that he figured it was probably 250 levels deep. And then Mm -hmm. they, they together end up, spoiler alert, eventually get on the platform, which I can't imagine doesn't happen every day, um, and end up on level 333. I instantly thought, cool, this is some kind of Dante's Inferno reference or whatever. Never mention it. They no, never mention it. I, I think there's a lot that goes unmentioned. But let's uh, let's get into, we do our sort of uh, minute by minute slow progress through the movie. We'll give you our thoughts, and then we will come up with our summaries after. Um, the movie opens with severed pig's heads. Mm. Can't go wrong. I'm like right out of the gate. I mean, gate. you also can't go right though. Is this is true. Right out of the gate. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty positive to me. Um, the movie then cuts to a guy waking up a very a close up on his eye as his eye opens in high focus. And the first thought I had was, Oh my God, is this like the series lost? Turn this off right now. Things that start out that are metaphor, metaphorical things that are, Oh, I know what the phrase is. You can now spot movies and TV shows that, quote, ask the big questions, end quote, if they open up with a focus on an eye. And the movies that TV shows that ask the big question never explain a big question. They just ask the quote unquote big question. So I was I was like, I don't I had a lot of ups and downs in this movie, which I'll follow through. But that one flipped me up. And then we establish. Good. Well, and I think we said this at the beginning, but just to be clear, it's a, a 333 or more tall building that is essentially an, it's a square donut. It's a rectangular donut. The, the platform goes right down the middle. Yes. And there are, on each level, there are two um, prisoners. 
and that's it. And they ha- they stay. I don't know why they have to stay on opposite sides of the hole in the middle, but they, I don't, if they that's don't, true. they don't have to, they just they don't. do. They, 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 their beds are set up and whatever. And they are in the same uniform and they have the same bed and they don't, it's not a prison where they get to have a bookshelf or pictures of their loved ones or whatever. It's a, it's a sort of a post-apocalyptic. You get to bring one thing in with you. One. And that thing becomes very important throughout. I will also say what, at this point in the movie watching with you, I thought, okay, cool. Sort of like the cube. Yeah. I thought it was a lot like the cube. Not too. like the cube. Not like the cube at cube all. It was a movie that came out about 20 years ago, a little more than yeah, 20 years yeah. ago. And um, I'm not going to say it was great either, but it was better than this. You know what? You got to watch <laughs> cube three, or as we call it in the movie business, cube cubed. I don't think that exists. It should exist. It should. It should exist. Except the cube was not a movie you make three, two seasons. So our guy, we, we, we chose to watch it in original Spanish with subtitles. Uh, we accidentally discovered something really weird, which is if you go subtitles with explanation or um, translation with explanation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it there's a, a narrator that le- he now gets up from the bed and moves to the other side. And we're like, what is happening? And right. we, we were, that's a Netflix feature. And we had started to watch it dubbed instead of yeah, subtitled, we did. We did. but the dubbed and the sub, the, the dubbed or dubbed and subtitled, but that was totally different. And the dub did dialogue. not match the subtitles. Yeah, not at it, all. it was yeah. throwing us off. So we went back to, um, I prefer to watch actors perform in their native language and get the subtitles. Sometimes a little hard with your eye tracking, flicking up and down. Yeah. But I don't think it know, mattered that much for this movie. Though. No, but vocal delivery and breath and presence and volume and all these things that all these tools that actors bring to the table to communicate a particular emotion when it's dubbed, it's never going to be as good. And it just looks weird. Although I do like dub karate movies a whole lot. Sure. So, we have our, do you remember our main character's name? Uh, the main, I, I actually I looked up cause I really enjoy, I really enjoyed his, um, I, I think he's a good part of this movie. He was very, very helpful so, and nice. The acting was actually pretty strong throughout. Uh, I mean, th- with what they had to work with. Yeah. I, I felt, I felt the casting director did a great job. The director did a great job of pulling really interesting performances out of this clearly very talented cast. Nobody got cast in this because they were pretty. And then yeah, these were um, all good actors. The main character's name is Goring. Goring. So Goring wakes up. And the actor's name is Ivan Masset, Massesag, I think. I don't know how to say it in Catalan. I'll, I'll let you uh, Fall handle, that, there. handle yeah. that before. <laughs> Fair enough. How dare you mispronounce it? Um, and then do you know the, remember the other gentleman's name, the older gentleman? Yeah, give me just a sec. His name was uh, Trimagasa. Trimagasa. So, um, and his name was Zorian Egular, the actor. Trimagasa was great. Zor- yeah. Goring, Goring wakes up in the cell with Trimagasa and it's feeling an enormous amount like lost because we don't know who they are. We don't know how they got there. We don't know what this place is. So there's definitely a huge lost influence on this movie. The platform falls the first time and they're at some intermediate level and the platform comes down full of all these nasty dishes and half eaten food. And uh, Trimagasa goes to work and does his thing. And Goring chooses to not eat at first as we start to build. And then eventually, and it's important to note to Trimagasa has been there and been a year. A y- yeah. And has been, so we learn a whole bunch and this is actually a very nice point. I don't have a lot of great things to say about this movie, but this is one thing they did wonderfully well. Okay. The character interaction right there in the beginning is it, it, it is the necessary info dump that, that we, the viewer need to have, but it is very organic, right? Because, uh, they don't know anything about each other. 
which is how we come to a movie. Mm -hmm. And it isn't, you know, the smart scientist saying, you know, one day, three years ago, everything changed and just dumps (laughs) all the stuff on you. Um, This is really like Trimigasi sort of knows, like he's refusing to eat and he's like, well, you'll get over that. You only have two minutes. And he's eating the whole time talking to him because he knows he only has two minutes. And in that beginning, we, we learn that he has been, on lower levels and higher levels. So we know that that is somehow either behavior related or punishment related, but we don't know really how. And we never find out. And we never find out. But in this one, I'm okay with that because what we do get is the vibe of Trimagasi. Like, dude, if you're going to survive, you just, you got to roll with the punches. And he's, he doesn't say, ever say that, but this is his whole thing. He's like, I know you got to do you, you got to not eat for a couple of days, but also you got to get used to this because this is going to go on for a while. Right. And it's really organic and lovely. And I had such high hopes. So the first time Goring deigns to eat, he picks up an apple off the table and uh, off the platform. Mm. And uh, those of you who who didn't watch the movie but are still listening, once again, the platform starts out stacked with incredible, huge amount of food. Like a celebrity cruise. Celebrity cruise. Like a giant buffet with, you know... Cakes and crabs and snails and everything whole you possibly want to eat. Whole lobsters. And that starts and that drops to level one. And the people at level one get to eat anything they want to eat for two minutes. For two minutes, yeah. And then the table drops two, three, four. So by the time you get down to level 200 or 222 was one of the levels we were at in the movie, things have been very picked over and there's almost nothing left. So uh, Trimagas has been at many levels. Goring starts out, I don't remember what level we started. 48, maybe something like that. Yeah, It was actually sort of close. Like you sort of thought it was until you realize that there's at least 250. Cause that math Trimagasa talks about, like, I, I think it's 250 yeah. levels by the math of how long it moves and how long it takes to come back up. Um, and, uh, so I think at the beginning you think like, Oh, that's gonna, I mean, that's right. not really too close to the top. And then you realize like, Oh Jesus, it's great. This is one of the things that the script and the director did incredibly well. They establish, they take their time establishing the mechanism of the platform. They take their time establishing how many levels they think there are. They take the time establishing that Trimagasa has been down in like level 198 or something like that. And he's like, he almost didn't make it. And his, his cellmate died. Did he kill the cellmate? We don't know, but he ate the cellmate. We know that. Uh, uh, They, they do all of this extremely well. And then at the end of 30 days, they are gassed. They go to sleep and they wake up on a new level. What the movie did exceptionally well was establishing what it means to be deep or high in the levels and then open up the next act with just showing the number engraved in the wall. And there were many moments where I'm like, Oh, they're on two twenty two, And like it, dramatically hit me right away with just one shot of looking at numbers. So that kudos, that was great. Yeah. I will be fair. This is another moment where I was like, cool, we're going to get into some Dante's Inferno like imagery or references or, or whatever. And that again, never happens. Also another thing right in that same vein that the movie does do well is that there's never a, if I just mind my P's and Q's, if I just do A, B, C, D, E, I will get to level one and then go home and everything right. will be fine. Right. The, be, it, you travel with them on all of that, um, insecurity and, uh, unknowing, yeah. And until you also, as a viewer, do what you just did, like, oh, like when they wake up on 333, we were both uh, verbal about it. Like, oh. And uh, let me let me um, 
I'll come back to the movie in a second. One of the thing, one of the things that makes me love a smaller budget film is when they punch way above their weight class by writing their budget limitations into the milieu of the film. We watched one not too long ago that was called The Interview. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe not the best movie, but when you step back and take the perspective, the entire movie happens in one room, right. which means you can spend your money on cameras and you can spend your money on a good director of photography and spend your money on good talent, still making a very small budget movie. And the Blair Witch, as far as I know, Blair Witch is the one that pioneered this concept, which is, well, there's no way we're not going to be able to show the cameras in this because and the boom, because we only have one boom, one camera. So let's just right. put them in the frame. Right. And I think and Primer it, is a good movie like Primer, that too. Primer, Primer yeah. does a good, it punches way above its weight class. Right. Way above. Right. And they shot right. most of that in a uh, storage unit. Yeah. So uh, that this paranormal movie, activity, paranormal activity was another great one. Yeah. That this movie, the platform looks like a big budget film, but they really only have, they to, have, have to have one platform. They have one level. They have one platform that lowers. They have that mechanism. They have the actual cell. They can change the number. So they've got one set. And then as you start, when you look up or down, that's all CGI sure. grafted in mm-hmm. above a green screen. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just, I, like I said, I have ups and downs. When I figured out what they were doing, movie production wise, I was like, this is brilliant, brilliant. Wait, right. it's going to, it's going to look so good and cost so little comparatively. Which is interesting. Cause at that moment in the movie, um, when you figured that out, I was still invested in the movie, mm-hmm. um, which, which you ended up much more interested yes. by finding that out. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I already said it on this cast. The first thing I thought was like, yeah, you're not going to build a, a flipping like this teeny tiny, the size of my living room, 300 story building. You're not doing that. Right. It's lunacy. And where does the food come from? Is there a kitchen on set? Is it on top? Is it on the oh, bottom? They, where they, does it come from? They All do that the, stuff. I forgot they do have the kitchen set too. Yeah. But, oh yeah, they do have that. But at that moment, I think, I think that, which is me in the movie saying, well, this is impractical for prison, <laughs> <laughs> which is lunacy because yeah, because you were invested at the time. So the first time he goes to eat, uh, Goring goes to eat, he picks an apple off the table and as the platform lowers, the other guy is like, 
you need to throw that back. And then it starts to get super hot because you, you get two minutes to eat. You're not allowed to hold on to food. You can't store food, which is part of the so punishment, yeah. the punishment or the experiment. Cause our main guy Goring volunteered to come in. So mm-hmm. we don't know what's happening, but I thought it was of course the forbidden fruit, the apple, it's the, apple the immediate yeah. meta- metaphor could have been anything that he holds on to, but to trigger the temperature fu- fluctuation, of course it's an apple at nine fifty five, We have a first flashback and here are my notes. This still could be lost. <laughs> and I, wrote, I wrote starting, th- starting to think the ending is going to suck balls. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like anything that anything that smacks of lost is now, if you guys have not heard of my endless diatribe against lost, I will say with full disclosure, I believed I drank all the lost Kool-Aid. I thought they were making the most brilliant work of interlinked fiction since like the days of Shakespeare. And then when you get to the end to find out I had been duped and they had no idea what they were doing all along. So that's why I, I don't like the lost. Uh, 17 minutes in, we're getting, now we're starting to get lectures on capitalism and class mm-hmm. and the haves and the have nots. And I say that, I'm not saying politically one way or another, whether I agree or disagree with that, but sometimes getting hit over the head repeatedly with a 50 pound half decomposed salmon over and over again gets uh To be fair, it started out as slightly decomposed, but now we're almost an hour in and now it's half decomposed. Also, it started out as a really tasty salmon on level one. True. And at level 272, it's kind of like just bones and some maggots. That's all that's left. I feel like this is how our shelter in place is going. Is that right? So a little like, like everybody shelters in place at first and they're like, I never have the time to make my salmon or whatever. And they do all that. And I'm no different. I'm not, I am not saying about anybody else but me, but that has been true. Like the first week we were in shelter in place, I was like, here's this Mediterranean. (laughs) Here's my best Italian food. Here's my best fish. And now I'm like, we've had tuna noodle casserole twice in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it's, it's delicious. 17 minutes, 20 seconds in the movie. He starts to eat the food. One of the, one of the subtexts of this movie is hunger will make people do anything to end the hunger. And they don't explore that a lot, but it's a, it's an underlying subtext that all of your morals will go out the window if you get hungry enough, which is one of the things this movie's examining. And I'm not sure they're wrong about that. I think, you know, as you lose your, what we'll call Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as you go down the ladder and you no longer oh, have yeah. the, the, the comforts, the creature comforts, and then you lose the psychological comforts. And right. then you are really, truly just trying to survive. You're not really worried about the guy you're going to be if you live through it. You're worried about who you're going, how you're going to live. So I think that that is, again, there's so much potential here. And I, there's so many things I loved about this movie, but overall I didn't love this movie. It's um, complicated. But this is another one because I think that that's a tried and true thing. Every, no matter what, like this is a Spanish language movie. It's a Spanish movie. But everybody all over the world, if they went to high school, they heard about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and they sort of that that's marinating in the back of your mind. And I think mm-hmm. that that's probably true. So anyway, go on. Um, at 17 minutes, 42 seconds, they have a, now I was completely wrong about this. When I watch a movie, most of the game for me is trying to figure out what the screenwriter is doing and what clues are being dropped and how those clues are going to pay off and what's a red herring. Um, and we established that the Samurai Plus knife cuts through bricks and now they start hammering it on us over. Yeah. And that's at uh, Terragasa 
Tarragas brings that in. His one thing is is a knife. We see a knife. Trimagasa. That's it. See a knife scratching concrete, marking the days that have passed. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this is going to come into play. 18 minutes in, huge red flag. Huge red flag for me. Uh, the first jumper comes in where somebody, when people go crazy in this joint and they've had enough, you wait till that platform's dropped about 100 levels and you just jump right into the open space and you will die. Mm-hmm. Um, and get eaten, probably. And probably the farther you fall, the yeah, the more likely you are to get eaten. So the body comes down and it hits on the corner of the the uh, the ring for the platform, mm-hmm. the space, and then spins down and blood splatters. And um, Goring, when it first hits, a little bit of fleck of blood on Goring's face. Mm-hmm. And then they cut away to Trimagasa. They cut back to Goring and Goring has a giant hand red smear down the side of his so face. So you have a continuity issue that you can't get huge, past. Con- yeah. Huge. We rewound it and looked at it again. Uh, like that, that kind of, obviously I am forgiving of flubs in fiction. And a lot of times to make a story work, you've got to do some contrived things. And I am as guilty of this as any storyteller. But when you see that, you're like, none of the actors noticed this. The director didn't notice this. There's a whole crew. And when they're watching dailies, they don't take a look and say, this is completely off kilter. It's a warning sign. Yeah. Little continuity errors are a big warning sign. Um, 20 minutes and 30 seconds. I wrote this down. Here comes the platform. Chicks on the platform. This should be really sexy. This this isn't sexy oh, at all. I can't even this believe you wrote that, that down because nothing about the the facility suggests showers. Yeah. So there is nothing sexy. They have a sink though. They, they can they can take they can wash down. I, a little but bit, they don't you know. have soap. And okay. they don't have a change of clothes. Yeah. Well, I all I knew your was your standards are different than I thought. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know what? They, all the good food comes from the top. Maybe she's just riding it out, dog. Maybe she's riding it out. And I'm like, and this is, in, and she is um, very. This character's name is Imaguri. Imaguri. And Imaguri, now the ticker, the stock ticker of Scott's appreciation for the movie starts to come up. Um, she, in the movie, apparently she believes that she has a child and the child is somewhere in the facility. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we have no reason to doubt her claim. Uh, but um, Tiragasu, do I have that right? Uh, Trimagasa. Trimagasa explains this woman to Goring to say, um, if she kills her cellmate, there's a chance her next cellmate might be her son. And I was like, oh, snap. That's great. I thought I was so impressed by that screenwriting. I thought that was great. Um, and then at... Uh, 2317, I wrote down best rape scene ever. Yeah. Because there's very few that are not, they're all bad. Yeah. Except that. I mean, she, and that's what we talked about. You were like, is this, I mean, they're all bad. They're all bad. But she's on the platform and she's dropped. She, she rides the food platform down, hoping she'll run into her son, which we later learn doesn't exist, which is why she never finds little bastard. But she goes down to the next level and the two guys on the next level down uh, are just drag her off the table, ready to have their way with her. And you just hear the screaming, screaming, and then you hear a thunk, like a shook. And then one guy groans and then you're shook and another guy groans and it's all quiet because she killed them both. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was like, that's the best rape scene I've ever seen. That was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote down. She's dragged away. Then sound design. You hear a quote, thunk, end quote. She comes back to the platform because you should have Googled her, bitch. That's what I put down. (laughs) (laughs) 2345 bathing and um, I say earring montage, which apparently is some kind of text to speech problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> Main character accepting life, acclimating to his cell, and getting naked. Yeah, oh, we Lord. got our first nudity in this sucker. What's up? Oh, Lord. 25 minutes in, time to switch cells. And we've been waiting for this for a while. But so much has been work, work has been put into sharing that things are different at different levels. Now's the time to change levels. 26 minutes, and this caught me completely off guard. Holmes has spent 30 days with Tiragasu. Uh, Trimagasi. Trimagasi. I can't get this right. Uh, 30 days Trimagasi. He wakes up and it's a brand new world, a world full of bondage where he's been strapped to the bed with blanket shreds and he's at level 171. Mm. So Trimagasi knows he woke up at 171. He's like, only one of us is making out of here, bro. I like you, bro. I got, you know, I'm down. Like it was at 120. We can make it work. But at 171, one of us is going to die and eat the other one. And it ain't going to be me. I ain't going to die. Which is another moment where you, where you sort of see that, that the old man, Trimagasi has lived this, has, you know, he, we know vaguely he's been there about a year. Yeah. So he's learned a whole bunch. And in the beginning, of course, it makes sense. Your first day in, you're not going to listen to anything the old man has to say. Yeah. And then it's 30 days in and he's like, yeah, you're still not listening to me. And I don't give it. I don't don't care at all. Right. I don't give a crap. I like you, but if you have to die for me to survive, then you're going to die. Then that, that all resonates pretty well. Um, obviously I was using Texas speech because I say, here's my notes. Is there another earring problem? No, this one says 30 minutes in, this is some ducked up shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> apparently I may have been getting drunk at this point. I'm not <laughs> well, sure. There is, there is definitely, um, <laughs> there were obviously, you know, shelter in place. There's definitely happy hour during movies. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, cause yeah. you know, we're mimicking that great experience. That's relatively new and movie going where you get to sit and eat and drink oh, in the movies. I it. it wasn't I used that to great. Love it. It's gone, yeah. but I love it. But I'll tell you, this was the moment when, when the ducked up shit happened. It's a little <laughs> like 30 minutes in. I stopped and looked, I was like, wait a minute. How long is this movie? Yeah. So I looked it up and it turns out it's 94 minutes long. And okay. it's, it's an indie. It's a, it's a Spanish language, Spanish film. And if you look it up on IMDb, some of the characters, literally this is their only role or their first role or whatever. So I think it's oh. a bit of an indie. And so they, they did a smart thing there, similar to what you're talking about, about the, um, the, uh, Using the one set set. or the two set or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, they also make it uh, the minimum standard that people will accept, sort of, for a movie. Well, there's a lot, and I think this will change dramatically now that Hollywood is completely shut down at the moment and they got to get working again. But the general rule of thumb for a theatrical release is 86 to 96 minutes. They wanted that hour and a half because if it's a 90 minute movie, that means you clear out, finish movie clear out the theater and you get one more run per night. If it's only 90 minutes, right. if it's a two hour movie, you lose that revenue of that extra showing. Or but if now, it's a Tarantino movie, you play it once a day. What, that, that's like six, six hours day. long. <laughs> um, so now the, as the world is definitely going to change, I wonder, cause up right now you've got Netflix and Netflix is still following the relatively established model of hour long shows, mm-hmm. half hour long mm-hmm. shows, except there's a, there's a more content because they don't have to have the 14 minutes of commercials. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's completely arbitrary. If you're making something directly for Netflix or directly for streaming, the length of the show doesn't matter except for possibly syndication reruns. And how we, how we feel 
as as consumers of yeah, that's movies a good point. and stuff that matters. So because Netflix does Netflix original series and they do Netflix original movies, and the movies tend to be long, uh, obviously longer sure. and more around the two hour mark. But they also will have twenty four hour programming because it's on streaming, so yeah. that's a little bit different anyway. So we're thirty four minutes into the movie, and uh, earlier I talked about the continuity break with the blood on the face. Now it threw me off. Mm-hmm. Here's their first attempt to show the only attempt. They don't follow up on this to show what mal, what malnutrition can do to someone and the body starting to tear. Of course, people are very tired, very lethargic, but now we are on, uh, what's the main character's name again? Uh, um, um, Goring. Goring. We're uh, close up on Goring's face and he's got splotches and discoloration and sunken mm-hmm. eyes. So at that point, the ticker for Scott starts to come up. I'm like, cool. They're paying attention to, even though it's a crazy movie, they're paying attention to silent science and grounding us in the reality of what happens when you don't get food. Uh, again, they never followed up on it. <laughs> um, well, and I, you know, as we act, as we're talking about it now, after the fact, I realized that part of my frustration is the movie. It could have been. Okay. Like I, you, there's an argument to be made that they did their job, that I saw that this was infernal. Like mm-hmm. they did their job because I recognized you, me, the viewer recognized Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That said, that's not how movies work, right? Like it's, if you are, you can make a really kludgy, awful uh, connection and that doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, you can, lean in just a tiny bit and that isn't happening either way. So I wonder if part of my frustration is that this could have been a better movie. It could have been as we get towards the end of our, um, love hate relationship with this film. Also all you junkies, you may just watch this. Screw you. Um, (laughs) there's an enormous amount of really strong work in this film. I mean, an enormous amount. I've got a lot of respect for this film, not the ending so much. 38 minutes, 10 seconds. Um, Goring has eaten his roommate and, uh, his roommate tried to eat him alive. Yeah. Said, "I'll keep you alive as long as I can." I mean, it was bru- it was a brutal, brutal scene. Like the only thing I said- again, Jason and the Argonauts comes to mind. Jason, uh, it's a, Jason in the Greek myth has is tied to a rock. Oh, the siren song thing. No, no he's no. tied to a rock, and every day, all day long, I think it is his liver gets pecked out by birds. Yeah, and then overnight, his liver grows back. Yeah, and then the next day, he's being you know because you can't live without your liver. So no, getting pecked out by birds and then comes back the next day. So this idea of keeping you alive as the only, the only option or the best option is, is sort of examined there. But the movie gets, the movie gets super savage at this point. The easy thing for the old man to do is to kill him and eat him as the month goes on. Unfortunately, that meat goes bad. He's Mm -hmm. got a month. So he's got to eat him a little bit at a time and keep him alive as long as he can. I was like, that's yeah, that's that. And the absolute man's inhumanity to man at some point, hunger has made this guy, he could have been crazy to start with, but this guy's now cold calculating and he's nothing. We know this is not, I mean, we, we, okay. He could have been crazy to start with is technically true, Yeah, but that's the first flashback we see. He isn't He's some some kind of a writer or create or a, he he goes in as an experiment. No, no, Goring does. The old man doesn't. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, yeah, I thought you were talking is, about Goring. The old man is going to eat him, uh, and then the old man is dead at this point, mm-hmm. having been stabbed by the sexy lady on the table, mm-hmm. and then Goring starts to hallucinate uh, the ma- the man talking to him, and the man is the old man is a great line. I belong to you as I am in your body. And like, I was like, oh, that's pretty tight. Like, yeah, you, you're, I'm, you're gonna be hallucinating about me forever because you ate me, dog. And now I'm literally part of you. 
Um, so then we continue. He's got his new roommate and his new roommate has a dog. The thing she brings in is a dog. And I, I was, we split the, we split the movie up into two nights. Yeah. Cause I was already, I, I watched That's it. Low I was so upset. The little wiener dog gets on the table, is eating food off plate. And I'm sure the platform's going to drop down and the wiener dog's going to get ripped apart by the people on the next floor down. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't watch this. Apparently I can watch human beings eating each other, mm. but I can't watch a little helpless wiener dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's 50 minutes in or so. And all I can think is what, why? Okay. This is, brings me back out of the story again, because why is there a dog in prison? Right. I know she gets to bring in one thing, bring one thing, but there should be a consideration for how does that thing go to the bathroom? How does that thing eat? Does that, is that thing, which is innocent, does that still have to conform to the rules of the platform? Apparently it does. It, it does. But this is a thing that you would think if the platform exists in any kind of a functioning society, mm-hmm. they would be like, sure, you can choose to bring that wiener dog. But here are the rules about bringing in a living thing. And why doesn't people, why don't people bring in a protector and shit like that? Why don't they bring in Dave Bautista? Yeah. Well, that's what I would bring in is Dave Bautista. Actually. So, but, but that doesn't happen. So these are theoretically thoughtful, conniving people, right? Or at least thoughtful, uh, interest, interested in their own survival people. Right. So if they had, if there was any humanity outside the platform in the structure of this movie, Mm -hmm. The warden, I guess, would say, yes, you are absolutely allowed to bring in one thing and it can be your dog. But your dog will be just at treated just the same way as the samurai knife. It's very and and it gets interesting because the woman who interviewed Goring is the woman who winds up in the pen with the dog. Um, dog stashed some food. We know cause suddenly everything gets, it's, gets real cold, real fast. That was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 51 minutes, 45 seconds in, um, we see that the sexy table chick now has the old man's knife, but the sexy table chick came in all innocent and she went crazy. Uh, she brought in a ukulele cause she wanted to be the, uh, I believe in the movie they called the Asian Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where it gets confusing to me. So the objects you bring into the prison stay there. After you die. So this is where the internal structure of the rules, same thing you were just talking Mm -hmm. about. So I'm in for this crazy, magical, realistic, whatever crazy, like this is weird place, but the internal logic starts to break down. If he dies and she takes his knife, that's not the object she brought in. She brought in a ukulele. So what happened to the ukulele? And there's at least 333 levels. And the one, what happens to the people once they die? What happens to the stuff? And then why isn't there just piles and piles of detritus on every single floor? Right. Um, 54 minutes in, I wrote in all caps with two exclamation points, batch it up, which is, I don't remember what happened. I just wrote batch it up from the hippo stories. Right around there. I write, uh, this movie blows. (laughs) (laughs) I think I wrote batch it up because there's some cannibalism going on. Yeah. 57. There's more cannibalism. More cannibalism. cannibalism Yes. Uh, 56 minutes. He wakes up on level 202. I wrote down, oh snap, two exclamation points. So apparently I'm still vacillating. 57 is in. We got to bring in some biblical shit. At this point, here comes the, here comes the movie trying to be, it's frustrating when movies try hard to be profound. Um, And this movie tries super hard to be profound when they could have kept it to just a concise, weird mystery. But I don't know that 
I don't know, a non-philosophical person could make a movie like this in the first place. Agreed. So the person who makes this brings in his or her philosophy as part of the movie. It makes, a weird then, way makes sense. Yeah, and, and this I have a little bit of forgiveness for because, again, the pla- I say this all the time, the platform is better than every movie I have never made, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. there is, a, there is, they are making this um, fantastical movie about a world that doesn't exist inside the confines of the world that they exist in. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have a limited set plat or the platform is a limited set movie. That's right. why you forgive some of those things. That's why you can only bring in one thing. That's why they never mention where all that stuff goes. I get it. I get it. I get it. But mm-hmm. eventually I think this happens often in books and movies, like the idea you're going for that is confined by the practical reality of your real world. Like you can't write a 7,000 page book. You can't Mm -hmm. don't, nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to read it. Don't do that. Right. Break that up into five books. That's our practical reality bumping up against the fantasy world, the, the, you know, the fiction world that's inside the book. And that's what's happening here. But what never happens is the writer who is also the director never says yeah, I am I'm flying too close to the sun here. Yeah. Like I need to minimize the the philosophical and profoundness of the the, the message I want to convey. And I don't blame him at all because I would never do that either. If I actually got my movie off the ground, I would shoot as close to the sun as I possibly could. Sure. And unfortunately probably fail in this way. <laughs> you know, you take uh, when you gamble big, you can lose big, but he did get the movie made. Um Oh, I'm sorry. He's not. He was the screenplay and the story writer. He wasn't the director. Okay. At one minute, seven, one hour, seven minutes in, I misunderstood what I was seeing at this point. I didn't understand that the wind, the harsh wind that comes up every now and then is the, is the uh, platform traveling a hundred miles an hour, possibly straight up, whooshing back up. Yeah. Cause it's theoretically empty. So that, so now it makes sense if they ride down on the platform, they know the platform comes back up. You can't jump onto the platform as it's coming back up because it'd be like getting hit by a semi. If mm-hmm. you could time it right, which you probably can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so now this makes, this is a cool plot device. We're going to ride all the way down. We're going to keep, and this is where they mix up, like keep enough food for themselves and make sure everybody gets fed as the initial gesture. And then they start to come up with this concept of, we need to make a gesture to the people who put us here to show us we can't be broken, that our humanity is stronger than our primitive urges. And the uh, the object initially becomes a, a tiramisu or something like that, mm-hmm. and then they say in a glass in a glass dish. case, yeah. and then they say they have to that we you have to make the best tiramisu you've ever made. I'm like you guys aren't making anything, and I, that that yeah. fell off, and it could be a translation and it, issue. And I'm not I also sure. have a note right here at 107. This does the mo- this makes the movie and undoes the movie for me here because the um, the reality is everyone on the very bottom level could without molestation get the flip on that platform and ride all the way up. Well, that we don't know how deep it goes. They, they get off at one thirty three cause they see the child, but it, you're right. I, now that I think about it, you're right. It goes, it goes deeper. So they don't know how deep it goes. They don't know how, you know, they and, really don't and even know. When, the, when you're down on the bottom, there is no food at all. You are, you are probably trying to eat yourself at that level, yeah. right? There's yeah. nothing on the platform. Why not? Get on the platform because if the platform goes up at a hundred miles an hour and shoots you into the sun, you're done. Yeah. And at that point, you have given up on everything except yourself. Like literally, are out of your mind, just trying to survive. Uh, my favorite part of the movie: one minute nine seconds in, they're coming down the platform. One hour and nine minutes in. 
What I say? One minute and nine seconds in. One hour and nine minutes in. They're coming down the platform and they are threatening people. Like, we'll give you, here's your ration. You can eat, but you can't go crazy on the table. And they're threatening people and there's fighting and killing. But we're seeing a lot of people and seeing some scenes. People are surviving. Some are already killed each other or eating each other. You know, general madness as we go down. And they get to one level where these two guys try and jump on the platform. And one guy, the object he brought in was a surfboard. He brought a (laughs) surfboard into the hole. And I was just like, so shocked. I put in all caps. He brought a surfboard. It's like Eddie Murphy. He brought a surfboard. He brought us. I'm going to get some surfboard. I'm going to get some. Um, at one hour and 15 minutes in, if we learn, if no one is alive, the platform doesn't stop. So they start to double down in the gore. We see just smears of blood and everything else. Mm-hmm. One hour, and 19 minutes in all of a sudden it's a rap video. And there's money flying through the air everywhere. It's raining. Raining. Somebody, somebody made it rain. And now, now I think about it. Somebody's object they brought in was just stacks and stacks, mad stacks of cash. Going to buy everybody off. Yeah. I, that's what they thought. And yeah. they, they go down low and there's just money. And I'm like, must have been drunk at this moment. I'm like, I'm like the fuck is that money? That's what I wrote down. <laughs> now, you know what? Story Smack has changed a little bit in quarantine. Yeah. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> cannibalism and money and oh i've never hated my fans more in my whole life than i do right now and they made you get the tony stark which turns out to be rocking i've been rocking the tony stark at the beginning though it was a little a lot a little a lot uh and uh then i just kind of watched the rest of the movie they find a kid which makes no sense at the lowest level by him herself makes no sense whatsoever and somehow she seems in the the pink of health even though she's at the bottom Mm -hmm. and then they change their mind give the tiramisu to her, send her up on the platform. Uh, and uh, our guy obviously goes crazy and dies. He's never going to get out of there because he's in a place where there will be no food. And then the platform shoots up at like a hundred miles an hour. We see the girl riding it. And uh, initially I was like, when that thing stops, like you said, it's going to smack him into the ceiling, smack him in the sun. But obviously it has to slow down at some point because of all the dishes. Otherwise the dishes would fly off every time. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I might have also been a, uh couple drinks in at that point. Cause I was like, geez, I hope this ends like Greece. That's what you wrote down. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you like a song and dance number. Well, remember at the end of, at the end of Greece, they, yeah. they get together. Yeah. Sandy and Danny get together and they drive away from the carnival and their car takes off into the sky. Well, yeah, of course. So I thought that maybe cars, cars did that in the sixties. Well, right. So I guess in my, I was like, maybe she's not going to smack into the ceiling and her brains will splatter like a watermelon. Maybe she will float off into the sky and everything will be happy. And we got together like or something. I don't know. Sadly, Greece is one of the only musicals that actually like. It, it also makes not very much not, sense. Not like very, this movie. Not very much sense, but it's great. So uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, unless you have anything else to add, that is our review of the platform. I will say this, uh, talking to you about it now, I have more appreciation than I did. Oh, good. At the end of the day. Yeah. I can see like, I, I can see the humans behind the story and realize that I would struggle and try to realize my vision too. And I think I see some of the bones of that vision. I I don't think it executes completely, but I did, I, I, I did start this saying this was a terrible movie. Yeah. And I think that this is less terrible than I thought it was. This is definitely worlds better than 2012. Worlds better than 2012. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, very much it. in that genre that we talked about. It's very primer. It's very cube. Sure. It's, it's, it's a little maze runnery. It's all that sort oh, of, sure, sure, or sure. like uh, the road, it's a little, the road or blindness, this post-apocalyptic, we don't know how to get by, which to be fair, uh, to the junkies that keep making us watch these terrible movies. <laughs> now we've watched two that are sort of, uh, bridges between the before time and whenever we get out of this, things will look different and yeah. our expectations will change. Yep. So these are low watermarks that I don't think that we'll get to, uh, hopefully. Um, but uh, I, so I like it a little bit better. And I've got an enormous amount of respect the, for a high concept movie to be shot. Can you look up the budget real quick? See if you see the budget of the platform. It's really hard to tell Netflix movie movies that Netflix picks up. You don't really get that information. Uh, If you can't find it in a general Google search, try the dash numbers.com. But this was a small budget film. It looked fantastic. The cinematography, the lighting, the color. uh, It was a super cool palette. Everything was really well done. The acting was well done, except yeah, that's in the, true. except I mean in, in areas. There are main characters, right? Uh, main characters, and the secondary characters are pretty good. There was some definitely some hand, ham handed dialogue when they started to get profound and philosophical, and the actors still did a good job making that work. Um, but yeah, coming up with a unique concept to shoot a a feature film that looks like a feature film with very limited resources. Hats off, amazing job. Yeah. What'd so, you find? Uh, n- nothing here. I Nothing for the, um, I can find the um, box office. Yeah. Which was 592,526 US dollars. And literally on the numbers.com, every other, like the production, all that, everything else is blank. Um, so I will say this, uh, we'll, we will probably, and the Scott is going to try, it says like, no, personal, it just says nothing else. But you look that up and I will tell you guys once again what we said at the top of the hour. While we are in lockdown, until we're, we as a junkie community are safely out of lockdown, Scott and I are going to do our level best to do a Facebook Live event every Tuesday and Thursday every week, um, and hopefully expand that to other platforms and Instagram and, and that kind of thing. Um, on the Tuesday, we're going to, it's going to be lighthearted. It's going to be fun. We're going to be talking with you guys. We're going to answer a couple of questions, um, do a wheel of death. If we're going to watch a movie or something like that, tell you what's going to happen on Thursday. What's going to happen on Thursday is going to be a little more Sigler verse focused, a short story or a work in progress or a behind the the story story, things like that. Um, so if you can join us, because the real grace of that is that we as a community kind of chat in, in the comments, uh, and I know it's one way and we can't really see you, but it, it feels like home. We, we get to see people we know, people who, you know, I've emailed with people who have come to Sigler Fest, things like that. And if you've never been to a Sigler Fest, you're going to get to see some of the things that we bring to every Sigler Fest and that are on the Hall of Fame in the back of the room. So if you get a chance to join, sometimes uh, my family joins, sometimes Scott's family joins, um, and then lots and lots of people who you already know from the Sigler Junkies page join. So I could not find the budget. I'm going to guess this budget. Uh, I'm going to guess this budget at $2 million is going to be my guess. Because the way, the way it looks in that limited set, um, they were able to just go find a actual working restaurant to build their restaurant set, probably to save, save money, possibly upwards of 3 million, but definitely, definitely not more than five. That sounds like a lot of money, you guys. Yeah. As A and I continue to dance around the periphery of Hollywood 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already had one movie we were working on that was a $2 million budget. Mm-hmm. And that's very small. You have to do an enormous amount of plot and structure work ahead of time, concept work, just to be able to shoot an actual 90 minute movie at that level. So once again, hats off to the platform for production, Yep. direction, hats choice off, of actors, choice of actors, mm-hmm. casting director, well done, direct photography, well done. Yep. Um, uh, a few cheap, cheap thrills that were done very well. The overall, the overall package, you know, six what? out of 10. I don't, you know what? Anybody can ask the big question. Anybody can walk around saying, I'm asking big questions now. If you can't answer the big question, don't make me sit down for 92 minutes. Agreed. 94 That's my minutes, thought. Yeah. 94 minutes. So junkies, we will be back, uh, hopefully sooner than average, um, with another movie. We're probably going to pick a movie on, um, when do wheel of death, uh, on Tuesday? On Tuesday, we could probably do a Wheel of Death. Um, and you can download this in everywhere that you normally download, uh, either Scott Sigler audiobooks, whatever your podcast catcher is. Um, and it, we do hope that you subscribe. If you're not yet subscribed, please subscribe so you can hear Scott's books and more Story Smack goodness in the future. And until the next episode, we will talk to you all real, real soon. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.